again. <laughs> Hi, Penny. Hi, Penny. Hi, Penny. Hi. Penny. Hi. <laughs> well, we've a little been, bit of a delay. We've been looking forward to this conversation for a long time because ever since yes. forever, since we first came in contact with you, we have been fascinated with the subject of Kundalini. Kundalini. <laughs> <laughs> I just had a brain seizure right there. <laughs> it must be 5G. We've got to talk about that yeah, too. Right. <laughs> You're listening to World of Empowerment Radio. Your station for practical spirituality in a changing world. And here are your hosts, Angel Rose and Ahanu. I am Ahanu and this is my lovely Angel Rose and with us today is the famous Penny <laughs> Kelly and ever since we know Penny Kelly we have been in delight with the information that she shares and today we're looking forward to a conversation about Kundalini and uh, it's not many people have had that experience and when we when we first spoke about this many years ago I remember the both of us, like we talked about it for weeks afterwards. It was such a fascinating subject. So we, we want to hear all about Kundalini today from you. We want to hear about your experience. We want to hear about, you know, how it, how it happened, you. what happened, how it affected you. Yeah, what, all of it. What is it? All of it. You know, It's going to be a, bro a broad and wide sweep at a lot of things, actually, because I, I feel, and correct me if I'm wrong, that Kundalini affects us in all kinds of different ways. And we want to bring in what's going on in the world and energy, our own energy systems and all kinds of stuff. But let's try and kind of keep a focus on Kundalini. So, Penny, it's a delight. And thank you for coming with, to us today and for sharing your knowledge. Well, um, it is a pleasure to be here. I love talking with you guys. <laughs> Just love it. And I always have. You've been on my special list for a very long time. <laughs> it's been a long time, you know, with a big break in there. Yeah. Um, and I know you were going through some stuff and so was I. Right. So, you know, here we are. So, um, so, so where do you want to begin? <laughs> well, well, we know you as somebody who's one of the very few people that we know who's actually had an experience of kundalini yeah. so i guess maybe tell people what it is first of all and then tell us about your experience okay so i'll give you two definitions kind of okay the ancient eastern definition of kundalini is the release of the spring of of uh, energy at the base of the spine and that's about all they say, you yeah. know, and they say that it the spring is the spring of consciousness, but that doesn't go any further. So, um, so I had never heard of this phenomena when I had it back in 78, started actually in November of 78 and continued. Um, it still continues, but it's quieted down a lot, a lot once in a while. Um, it, it's, you know, springs into action again, um, and it still has the power to scare the daylights out of me, but the definition that I have developed 
after my own, you know, pulling in my experience as an engineer and a whole lot of experience, personal experience. And then my work with Dr. Levengood and understanding uh, plasma and consciousness and astrophysics and all that kind of stuff. Plus my experience with the little men in brown robes who tutored me long before Levengood on the nature of frequencies. Yes. So the definition that I use is that Kundalini is a massive inflow or influx of frequencies that run through the body. And when they do, the range of frequencies that you have to be, I'll say, ready to roll with <laughs> um, is massive. Mm -hmm. And it can cause you to burn up to, to start on fire from the inside out. And that is known as spontaneous human combustion um, in the world of Levengood and this other scientists, it's known as um, idiopathic combustion. Um, and idiopathic is just a term that means of unknown cause. And so when it roars through you, and it is a very loud, very roaring, very earth shaking um, kind of experience that just blows your consciousness right out of this world um, and back to source, um, that is a full blown Kundalini experience. Um, and, and when it occurs, it rewires you and your brain and your chemistry and your entire system from the inside out forever. You're a different kind of human at that point. And it's, and you don't go back. You cannot go back. It is a devastating kind of experience. If you, especially if you have no, um, no idea what's happening yeah. um and it's an orgasmic experience so there's that whole sexual side of it um the noise level is kind of like um for me i described it as a a roaring freight train going up the center of me or as uh being inside a jet engine that's revving up full speed and taking off wow. um it's that kind of noise and uh other people have described it as a roaring waterfall falling up. Um, other people have said it was the sound of lightning or thunder that just didn't quit and just kept escalating in its sound, etc. So that's Kundalini. Wow. <laughs> so creepers, creepers. <laughs> yeah. Do you yeah. think, Penny, that it, it's an it's an essential part of ascension? Like yeah, I do. Are they related? I do. I think it because it rewires you. And, and this is one of the other things that I have kind of come to realize is that it's built in to everybody. And when you have it, there's no going back. Right. You are different. You're more intuitive. You're more psychic, clairvoyant, clairaudient, clairsentient. Um, in and out of the body in multiple dimensions, maybe two or three, even all at the same time. Um, there's all sorts of things that begin to happen that, um, that we would call spiritual gifts. You know, the people talk about those all the time. 
And, and uh, you know, I spent uh, the first five years, actually the first 17 years, trying to get rid of all that so I could go back to normal. Mm -hmm. um, that didn't work. And finally, it dawned on me, this is the normal. This is the new normal. We're supposed to unfold in regular stages as we move up the stairway of dimensions. And we don't have that kind of understanding in our, in any part of the Western culture. Now there's some understanding of that over in the Eastern cultures, but they don't have that here. Mm -hmm. And so anybody that happens to most people end up in a psychiatric ward somewhere or taking heavy duty drugs. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I, I did think I was convinced that I was going insane wow. uh, for a long time. And I was trying to hide that <laughs> and, and hiding it while I was like, maybe I can figure out what's wrong. How do I get back to being the way I was? And so I ended up using my engineering skills and what little bit of science I had to figure out, is there a precedent what what brings the sun is that something that i can see and and catch before it takes off with me um that kind of thing and and so i started working there were no teachers for me there were no gurus for me there was no nothing that i i never heard of metaphysics of any sort at that point um and i went looking for a few books um, found absolutely nothing. Later, after about three years, I found a few books some, after I had heard the word kundalini. And this is one of the effects that kundalini has on perception. You hear something, you hear a word, and it opens a window of knowledge. And I heard the word, I was complaining to one of my uh, teachers, I was taking a class in psychic development with the hope that I could get some kind of a handle on all the clairvoyance and the out-of-body stuff. And I was complaining to the teacher that I'd had this terrible set of experiences that were still ongoing for the past two years and that, or the past year and a half, I think it was at that point, and that, I, and that these were the things that were going on and there were two teachers there that night. Um, and one of them, they did, two of them looked at each other and one of them said, it sounds like Kundalini, don't you think? And, you know, one was a male and the other was a female. And, and the female teacher said, it sure does. And I, I immediately, as soon as I heard that word, it was like, what is that word? What is that word? <laughs> and, and then she went and got a book off of her bookshelf by Gopi Krishna and said, I think you need to read this. So I took that book home that night, got home about 8.30 or 9 from class, and I started reading. I finished the whole book and about 4, 4.30 in the morning. And bawling my eyes out, somebody knows what this is about. Oh, my <laughs> God, I felt like I had been saved. <laughs> so yeah. it was a, a revelation kind of breakthrough. And then um, following that, I thought, okay, so this is not, I'm not going insane. This is something else. What the heck is it? And that started me on my own search. And that has been going on since uh, 1979. <laughs> so here we are.
And can you talk about actually what triggered it in you? Because, and what does trigger it in people? Because I think people have many Kundalini rises. They don't really have a full blown thing like you've had. So can you talk yeah. about that process? You know, that whole, what happened? Yeah. And then, you know, what, what do you think about what triggered people? And is it the okay. chakras, Penny? Do you think? Uh, I don't know if people know about chakras. In the scientific world, they are called nerve plexes, P-L-E-X-E-S or X-U-S. A nerve plexus is, you know, groups of, of nerves along the spine, and those are actually chakras. Mm -hmm. So... Um, so the, it's just a chakra is a term that comes out of ancient times. And that's what they called the nerve plexus was a chakra. Yes. Um, so, um, so I have to get a little bit personal here and then, um, but, I, but I want to start by saying you're right. And Gail, lots of people have partial awakenings. Mm -hmm. Some people have a single, uh, awakening that comes up most of the way, but not all the way to the brain. Mm -hmm. Some people have, um, uh, I'm gonna call it one awakening and that's it. Uh, and they know something happened, but they're not sure what. Um, and they never connect the aftermath with that experience. So, uh, so let me just talk about my own experience. Okay. Um, it was around Valentine's day, 1979, and it was a Saturday night. And, and I, I was living in Mount Clemens, Michigan, and I was madly in love with this one man and wanted to marry him. And we were talking about getting married. And, um, so there's this there was this kind of an ordinary day and we get to evening um, and the ordinary day if if I recall correctly was just um, running errands you know all the stuff that people do and we had his kids and my kids at in the house and about nine o'clock eight thirty nine o'clock at night all of a sudden there was this I don't know what I would call it, this feeling of massive sexuality. And that is one of the signals of Kundalini. And people do not know what sex is. And we can talk about that. You know, I ask people, so why is there sex? And they're like, uh, <laughs> don't know. Um, so, so anyways, there was this moment where I, all of a sudden I felt like I was aware of every single person in the house. So there were like seven or eight of us. Um, and I turned around and I looked at, you know, the man I was in love with across the, the room. He was way at the other end of the house. And there was this smoky look that happened between us. And, and I said to the kids, um, why don't you make some popcorn and watch TV? I'm going to disappear. <laughs> So we get into bed, we start to make love. We didn't even get started hardly at all. And I heard this rumbling sound and I was a little bit distracted. It was like, what is that? And we lived just down the road about maybe a quarter mile, half a mile at the most from Selfridge Air Force Base. 
And that's a big Air Force base here in Michigan. And it was um, common for me to hear jets taking off and, um, and they would do these practice runs, take off and land over and over and over and over. Um, for a minute, I thought, oh, I think there's some jets taking off. <laughs> so um, the rumbling continued to increase in volume. And then there was this shaking like the, and I had the thought, oh my God, we're having an earthquake. We're having an earthquake. And, it, and the roaring increased at that point. And then all of a sudden it took off. And um, it felt like there was a force or this massive energy that felt like heat, massive heat, massive light, massive orgasm, all at the same time, moving up the front of me. It did not feel like it was going up the spine. I later realized that as it hit the spine, all of the nerves mm -hmm. in the body would activate. And so it just went boom, 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 boom. And I was no more. At that point, the entire reality was gone. I did not know myself as an individual human. I did not have any memory of ever having been human or of having a house and, a, you know, a cat and kids and bills and a job and, you know, work and all of that. And I was in this, this absolutely black space. It looked like it was the outer space, like you would see out there in the universe. Um, and there were billions of these little twinkling lights that were spreading out from me. And as they were spreading out, I, um, I had the thought, I am you know, and it was like, I am those dots. That was the only thing that is, is possible to think at that, when you're in that space, you're back in source at that point. Yeah. And, you know, I hung there for, I don't know how long. I think I may have quit breathing for that few moments because when I came back to the body, um, you know, my lover was kind of up on his elbow, like, are you okay? And I'm like, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and he was like, oh, okay. And uh -huh. I never asked, uh -huh. why did you ask that? Yeah. So that yeah. was Valentine's day, roughly right around there. About two weeks later, the same thing happened. About two or three weeks after that, the same thing happened. And my thought with those first three experiences was, wow, we're having some really massively good sex. And then it started to happen in the middle of the day, uh, in the middle of the highway, in the middle of you know my office, in the middle of vacuuming the floor, doing the grocery shopping, and I couldn't shut it off. And then I began to get absolutely terrified. It was like, what's going on? You know, since when do we have orgasms in the middle of vacuuming? Um, <laughs> that was so frightening. I mean, it sounds funny. And I've had people say, I want that. I want some of that. And right. I'm like, no, you don't. No, you right. don't. Right. Um, but the long story short was that it continued. Um, it became... Uh, the more I tried to fight it, the more intense the heat got, um, the more you have to be in really good shape physically because the heart goes up 
180, 200 beats a minute. I would imagine the blood pressure goes right up with it, although I never stopped to do a blood pressure test um, during those incidents. And what I began to discover, figure out, long story short, was that every time I totally relaxed, this, um, this event would happen. And every time I got totally upset, this event would happen. And so that was confusing as like, okay, well, what is it? One or the other, what, yeah. what's making, and it, it wasn't, it, it's a, a perfect example of how we're always trying to isolate what's the one thing that will fix this problem. Um, and that turned out to be um, when you are totally relaxed, remember, I don't know if I used this before, the submarine example, if you were a submarine and you were down 200 feet 200 yards below the surface and somebody poked a hole in your side does the water hang around out there and say oh, there's a hole should we go in right. you know should we pour in that you know no it just pours in and so what happens when you relax and all of your i was learning to love and to let love and to be in a place of unconditional love at all times. And every time I stepped into that place of unconditional love, I had no barriers and no boundaries. Hmm. And those, those energies would then flow through because nice. there was nothing stopping them. Hmm. And then when I got upset, what would happen was those energies, which are incredibly intelligent, would say, oh, she needs to be fixed. That's when they would flow through again, trying yeah. to reset all of my frequencies back to this place of perfect balance. Right. And so it was, um, it was a learning curve all the way for 17 years. Um, and then finally coming to a place where I realized, oh, this is, this is the new normal. This is the way we're supposed to unfold. Why haven't we? And then I began developing my theory of arrested development and new stages of human development that go way beyond uh, the stage of abstract reasoning. And we continue to develop until the day we step out of the body. All right. So now um, talk about stepping out of the body. I, I've had a question about this for some time. When you okay. talk about Kundalini, do you have to have a body? And let me just let me just position why I'm asking you this question. We, we've interviewed a number of people who've had near-death experiences, and they talk about not the same, but somewhat similar kind of energies and envisioning, you know, those white dots and this going through the tunnel and all this and white light. And, yep. and I'm wondering, like, is, is, do you think there's a similarity to those experiences? And is it, does it only happen in the body? No, it doesn't only happen in the body. It happens in a region of frequencies. Okay. Why is that the case? Because that state of absolutely orgasmic bliss is the natural condition of source. Why is there sex? So we can go back to source and get ourselves straightened out again. Right, yeah, go back into the womb. It heals and retunes. Right. It retunes our frequencies. 
Yes. Well, I've always wondered, is that what God within really means? You know, when, is people, that what, when people say God is within you, I always thought, is that the Kundalini? Is that actually the force of God inside us? Yeah. We are made of all those little tiny dots of light. We're made of that stuff. And every one of those dots holds one thing, one thing that they're aware of, that it's aware of. And that one thing is I am. And because of that, we have a capacity to say, hey, I am, I'm here, look at me, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, that's the core self. God is what we're made of. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, so I'm wondering, like, what has arrested the development in humans? Because obviously, we don't even have a memory of yesterday. You know what I mean? What's <laughs> much less our past lives or who we were. And, I know. You know my experience with Shaco Canyon was wrecking my brain, like can't find the memory of why. And we did yep. go there, we want to talk about that later too, but um, yeah, frustrating that you can't remember your mm. own time stream. Yeah. Yeah, well that they're in another time stream. So that's part of the problem. But in terms of, um, Let's see, there were six questions embedded in that one thing. <laughs> that you said. So what um, in our development. Okay. So if I had to try to put it in a nutshell, it's the combination that we get embedded in the moment we're born. Okay. So and that combination is going to be a culture a financial system, a religious system, a family system, uh, an environment of some sort that demands a particular way of living, um, et cetera. And all of those things together used to be known as the great Satan. And you had to, getting uh, away from Satan meant that you had to wake up enough to see beyond all of that financial, governmental, educational, family programming, and to begin to see what was real. Right. And once you could get past that, then you were partly awake and you would begin to come into your own power. And mm -hmm. once you know how to use that power, then you were free. Right. So that's the real freedom. Right. So, Here's yeah. That you've just raised right now. When you talked about being born into a race, religion, culture. Yeah. Does it follow that some races or cultures or belief systems might have Kundalini experiences more than another, or does it matter? I, I think that some of them have a little bit more. Now, yeah. I'll say that without any research behind it, yeah. okay? However, what I've observed is that some people in small pockets, Syria being one, um, have a much better understanding of the message that has been carried forward through time by what I'll call esoteric teachings. That does not really exist very much in the Western system. Yeah. It doesn't, I mean, there's talk about it in Buddhism, but I don't think anybody, the culture has just washed away mm -hmm. um, everything that, that we once knew 
about getting people to their full development. Right. 5,000 years ago, that was a major effort right. on the part of the what were called the matriarchal cultures. Their goal was to bring people into their fullness, into their power, and, in, and that included all their psychic abilities um, mm. and all of those in and out of body abilities, remote viewing and all of that stuff. Um, that was, they, and so they promoted that. And then as, as the new, as the Christian culture, you know, let me not insult any Christians, <laughs> but um, when you learn the real history of the Christians, right. it's pretty terrifying. I mean, it looks and sounds exactly like a combination of the um, jihadis mm -hmm. and the Nazis right. today. Yeah. And they just took over and we have you know, gone right downhill yeah. ever since then. Um, and now I think we're, we're, we've reached the bottom of the pit. And that we're turning the corner on that ignorance and, um, and we're starting to say, hey, wait a minute, what, there's something more here, number one. And um, I, I'm not sure what this is, but I don't like the way the world is running. Yeah. And so the big cycle, the 26,000 year cycle that we get into, we're just coming out of the Kali Yuga. And I yeah. forget what the next one is called, but it's much more peaceful it's yeah. much more beautiful yeah and well, i'm hoping that that's the case <laughs> my question like part of the reason for me asking you about um uh, kundalini being in the physical body was because yeah. i was wondering also do planets go through a kundalini experience or universes do you know yes uh, yeah. or is it purely a human experience no <laughs> no it's not purely human Okay. And I have had thoughts about uh, if you've known anything about the um, micronova or the solar sneeze or solar right. flash or, yeah. you yeah. know, people have different names for it. Mm -hmm. That yeah. appears to be very, very similar to this oh. renewal. It's a renewal that happens um, in every system of frequencies that exist. And when you open to that, there's uh, there's a big there's big effects. <laughs> we'll put it that way. <laughs> so and those for the sun, that's going to be poof, uh -huh. and you know, and they, it sends out a big wave, you know, a frequency or series of frequency waves. The first initial one being massive, and uh, pushing a lot of space debris at us. Yeah. yeah. So. And do you think, yeah. is, there, is there any connection also with um, pole shifts and the yes. experience of the planet? Um, yeah, and that's part of the renewal process. Um, let me say it this way. The planet, our planet, let, let's just talk about the Earth for a minute. For a long time, the, um, the spinal cord of the planet was in India. And then it shifted to South America. Yeah. And it's about to shift again. Now, I'm not sure exactly where that next shift is going to be, but when it does, the planet rolls a little bit. It might only be a few degrees, yeah. but that's massive, has a huge effect 
Um, and so it changes weather, it changes growth patterns, it changes rainfall, it changes a lot of things. Mm -hmm. And that we're headed into that. Yeah, I think I remember a few years ago where the Australians were talking about, especially with Uluru, they were talking about that serpentine quality wrapping around the earth and affecting different parts of the planet as, as that kind of uh, snake-like coiled quality wrapped around. Well, that's very interesting. Yeah. Um, because one of the, the poles are in the process of moving now. Um, I don't know if people that um, have followed this or not really, I, I don't know if we really understand what's going on, but according to those who are tracking this process, the, um, I'll say it this way, the North Pole is moving across, it left Canada and it's moving over to Siberia and it's headed toward a spot right beside India in the Indian Ocean. And it's going to connect up with the uh, South Pole, which is headed to the same spot. And then they, when they come together, they don't merge. They don't blend. Instead, what they do is dance for a little bit around one another and then boom, move 180 degrees away from one another typically back toward the general direction they came from, but not always exactly. And that may shift the planet's tilt five, 10 degrees, maybe, maybe even more. We have had, we do have evidence that it has shifted tremendously in the past. But um, when that occurs, there's a new spine yeah. in the planet. And the area of, uh, we'll call it consciousness development, happens massively along that spinal area. So here we are at a, at a point in time that's really very interesting. And because things happen so slowly, we could all be dead before anything really shows up. But it looks like there's going to be some stuff happening in the next five to 10 years, probably seven years. Yeah. So five years. Thank you, Rose. You want to ask a question? I know. I do. And I, I'm bursting with questions here too. So okay. <laughs> I want to go back. Go ahead, Gail. I want to go back to the sex thing, Penny. Okay. Okay. Oh, no, really? Okay. No, I really do. <laughs> the reason I do I, is as you're talking, I'm having these thoughts. Like, really, what is first of all the proper way to have sex? The source way to have sex. Number one. And number two, is this why the Catholic religion spends so much energy telling you not to have sex, you know, yeah. don't, don't have That's sex, right. don't, you know, I mean, are they trying to prevent our awakening or, but you know, there's so many right. use sex in a really distorted way. So like, is there a right way to have sex? Is there a holy way to have sex? I guess is my question. Yes, but you're probably going to faint if I say the truth. Nobody's ever asked that, and Gail, leave it to you. <laughs> <laughs> so we want to know I'm not the only one. You made that holiday. Yeah. Okay. okay. So this answer isn't for men, obviously. <laughs> okay. The reason that we used to have one day devoted to God, to the Sabbath, was one day devoted to making love with with everything around making love with your partner as often as you wanted 
um, but really enjoying in a very sensual way everything that this dimension has to offer. The food, the music, the clothing, the environment, whatever it was. Yeah. Um, and, and making love long and slow for the entire day. In, in the goal was to Sounds reconnect. Like <laughs> yeah. <laughs> was to reconnect to the Godhead yeah. Um, and to bring that consciousness fully awake. Because when Kundalini happens, there are no limits on your consciousness. And so for three years, I had no boundaries and anything you want to know is right there. Yeah. yeah. Right, at, right there. Yeah. Doesn't matter what it is that, or where it is. I, I was so that the answer. Yeah, so I'm to say that again. I said, I was just going to say, I was afraid of what your answer was going to be, but it makes absolute sense. Okay, so continue, okay. <laughs> continue, there's more. <laughs> okay, yeah, well, that's the short answer, okay? How do you set that up? How do you get a culture, instead of everybody traipsing off to church to hear this stuff yeah. that most of it is, um, you know, is, is, is not real? <laughs> Number one, um, a lot of it was inserted in the Bible, it's forged. It's just plain not really the writings of the ancient ones. Um, and so if what if we did things totally differently and spent all day Sunday um, lounging around, enjoying, laughing, making love? How would that change our culture? Wow. Um, the goal of sex, the reason to touch base with the Godhead is not only to awaken the consciousness all the way, but every time that energy moves through you, it reorganizes all of your frequencies in the best possible relationship at that time in your life and retunes all of the frequencies that have gotten out of tune. It heals you, in other words. Mm -hmm. Right, right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so, so it's not a it's not a mortal sin. It's not a mortal sin. No. Oh my gosh. Yeah, they did put a lot of effort into making sex something that could only happen with one man. Um, could only happen. Uh, whoops. What was that? <laughs> um, could only happen with um, you know at a particular time of the year in some cases, uh, and that uh, they just went overboard. I, they did kill the consciousness and we did regress. We have terribly regressed. And that is what stopped the development. So uh, arrested development is something that we're all struggling with now. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. talk about Kundalini in lesser degrees. How would that manifest itself for people? Okay. Um, so, uh, so this is a, an example I hear about all the time. Um, some, a, a couple gets together, let's stay on the sex thing for just a moment, um, but there are other examples. Um, so the sex thing is uh, two people come together, one of them has a full Kundalini experience in which they quote, see the stars during that experience. They then want that partner and there is no other love for them. And that's all there is to it. The partner may or may not stay, usually does not stay. 
but and there's a reason for that but that's one example and from that point forward that individual who had the the momentary awakening knows what real love is and that is a wonderful gift okay another kind of awakening um and this happened in one of my classes here um it wasn't a full awakening but the um the man who had the awakening we were doing this exercise in in which we were um well i won't go into the exercise but he had a kundalini that um you know in in the room there were i think there were like 10 students and they were sitting back to back in the dark as we went through this auditory experience and all of a sudden i'm down at the end you know i can see these people um from the side and he's down at the far end and i see this explosion of light and because one of the things kundalini does is allow you to see other frequencies of light and i think to myself what the heck was that you know what's going on down there so after the class he comes to me and says i don't know what happened but i had this orgasm in my throat and he said i hope i, I try not to make a sound but i think i i couldn't help it and i'm like okay so long story short after we got that calmed down his entire set of sensibilities about his life changed his marriage broke up um he became a healer and a poet so that's another example of what happens in a, a, a kundalini. What's that? We've seen that quite a lot with people who contact yeah. Angelos for reading. Yeah. Things. yeah, yeah. Yeah, somebody else had, it was a woman who was, and I've talked about this before, she was taking a class in pottery. She was making whatever bowl or something she was had on the potter's wheel. And the instructor came over and um, and she was a, a big woman and she was kind of doing this kind of as a statement of, look, I'm, I'm gonna go do the things I like to do. And the husband was not really quite in support of that, but the instructors put his hands on her hands and pressed, you know, how they yeah. fiddle with the clay. Yeah. <laughs> so, and he said, you know, pull it in a little bit like this and so he's leaning over she's got her hands under his and they look at each other at exactly the same moment without any boundary no guards up and and she said i looked right straight into his soul he looked right straight into mine she said the world went blank i saw stars um she said something happened in that moment, and she ended up leaving her husband. She was, I think she was a professor, and she went off to become a potter selling pottery in Arizona. Wow. And, um, and so that's another kind of experience. Wow. If it happens in a scientist, they begin having dreams of what is the outcome of whatever it is they're working on, or they begin having visions if it happens in an engineer, um, then they may be like me and say, how the hell does this work? Um, you know, what's going on here? And it has to figure out the mechanics of that, which is how I learned what I learned. Yeah. So it's different for each person. Right. So. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. Jeez. Yes. Well, 
Go ahead. I know you have a question. I do, yeah. Because, you know, when we first started our conversation today, you mentioned that you were off for a few years and like we feel the same, same, same thing. We were off for a few years, too. And do you think that's anything to do with like what's going on in the planet or in ourselves or with Kundalini awakening or awareness or are they connected at all? I think what I've experienced are like two or three periods where I just stopped everything. Yeah. I wasn't writing yeah. or I stopped teaching or, you know, I stopped really being available um, and, and just did what I had to be doing physically um, which in my case was a lot, there's a lot to be done here on the farm and in this building, this house is the size of five houses. So it's really a situation um, where I think given what, what, was, what goes on in those periods where you stop everything, there's a very, very deep integration that is typically happening. There's a deeper level of understanding there's also, um, there, you know, if you got a little Irish in you, like I do, uh -huh. <laughs> there's this bullheadedness and this stubbornness right. that says, no, wait a minute here. You know, I'm in charge of my life. I'm in charge of my own thinking and my own. I, I'm not being taken over by this and I'm not doing that. And I'm not following the crowd and blah, blah, blah. And so you stop and be bullheaded for a few years. Uh, but during that time, you deal with all of your doubts. And for each stage, you know, that you develop your consciousness, there's a whole new awareness of pain a whole new level of sorrow, a whole new level of suffering, a whole new kind of, why are we doing this this way? And you have to stop and integrate that. Right. You can't go to the next level with even more awareness of all that pain and suffering and struggle until you've learned to handle the suffering and the struggle of the level that you're at. Right. Not to be uncaring, yeah. just to handle it. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I think happens with those of us who go deeply yeah. into consciousness. You included, Angel. Angel Rose. Yeah, he's watched me go through that a lot. I have, but also yeah. Angel Rose has shared when she would have a client who would call for an Akashic record reading. And many times people would say, look, you know, I don't want to be on earth anymore. I'm, I'm done with earth. I'm, I'm, you know, I want out of here. Right. And I'm yeah. very serious. I don't want to diminish it in any way, but her answer would be, listen, you, you know, you're not done with earth until you're done with earth until you master earth. Isn't that the way you put it? Yeah. 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 Very good. Yeah. yeah. I, I certainly haven't mastered earth. I'm, I'm just well, with this last eclipse and sun stuff that happened prior. I mean, I was just knocked off kilter. I mean, talk about dizziness. Yeah. So dizzy, so um, so much sorrow and grief still coming up, you know, about every, you know, mulling over memories in my mind and just yep. you know, trying to make sense of it all. But but let us tell you quickly about Chakra Canyon, only because we mentioned it last time we talked, because it relates to the community. Yeah. Um, you know, we felt guided okay. to go there and we kept having feelings to go there and, and, um, yeah. anyway, so we, we, end, we made a point to go and we Very brought, good. we bought our crystal bowl and our pipe and we thought we were going to do all this 
grid activation while we were there and that's what we were called. <laughs> this, this has turned out, Penny. Shaco Canyon is the most loving. It's like you're walking into God's love. Yep. It, it is the most loving energy. I just sat in the car half the time, Alejandro. He went through all, all the ruins in detail, but I sat there and was felt like I was just being shown how much we were all loved, that there was nothing yep. to worry about, that all was well. It's like mm. all fear left me. Mm. And I was just in this, this state of bliss. And I thought, that place is still alive with that energy. Yes. I was actually feeling it miles before we got there. I'd have these bursts of joy and happiness. And I'm yep. like, wow, I feel happy, you know? Yeah, but the one thing yep. was we were going there with the belief that we were going there to fix something. You know, uh, that it needs <laughs> fixing, right? Yeah. You know, and, and what oh we came away with was this place doesn't need us fixing anything. It was giving to us. It was giving. It was coming from a heart. Yeah. It was very loving. Yeah. Although Ahano did have some strange experiences about the Lyrian people coming in first, preparing that place. And, you know, it was very old. It was yeah. very old. It was past all Native American stuff that he was getting way beyond it. Way it had a lot to do with seeding the planet in the first place. And yeah, but, yep. um, but the, you know, I still am frustrated because I'm like, so why is this approaching this place making me so happy? I felt like I was going home and yet I don't have any memory of being there in a past life. You know what I mean? No, so no. I thought, well, I'm going to share my experience there. Yeah, please. I didn't know you okay. went, where did you go? I never went there physically. I heard about it okay. and I thought, and I think I first heard about it on something like a history channel thing. And they were talking about these people, there's no, they just disappeared. Yeah. Where'd they go? Yeah. And so I'm like, that's odd. So then I ignore that. And I, but I hear that same thing over the next uh, maybe 10 years, several times. What happened in Chaco Canyon? so it gets to a point where I think okay I'm gonna go there I'm gonna just leave and I'm gonna go there and, and pick up whatever I can pick up tune in mm -hmm. so I do that and I get there and that is a dimensional portal to a fourth or maybe fifth dimensional system that is still here on the planet mm -hmm. But it's not accessible if you're still in 3D. Right. That makes sense. And so that was what I saw was that these people in a period of time in which I don't know what was going on, some kind of war, some kind of problem, they just kind of moved up into the next frequency zone and said, Toodaloo. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see you later. Um, and they never came back. Yeah. And yeah. there's a place, there's and there's a couple of different angles that you can get into that, um, that other dimension and just uh, be part of what is going on there. But they do have guards mm -hmm. and they won't let just anybody in. And they are very clear that if you're a crabby patty you're not coming in <laughs> you have to be you have to have the right spirit you have to have love you have to be um, cooperative you have to have a spirit of creativity 
of excitement about life and what's possible. And other than that, you're, you're not coming in. Now, if you can tune into that and just be in that kind of atmosphere and not see that's close. You're getting close to being able to move into that dimension altogether. And what I think we as humans need to be doing is practicing moving back and forth between third, fourth, and fifth dimensions in order to open that up to those of us who are uh, willing to travel and do that kind of work and keep those doors open for people who could almost make it uh but who uh how do i say this but can't but but can't quite boost their own frequencies enough yeah yeah then we would be the person the go between (laughs) so to speak and Um, that would help them get there are there places like what angel rose mentioned shaco canyon but are there sacred sites around the world that might facilitate let's say somebody embracing or experiencing this higher frequencies oh my gosh yes yes if i could suggest some books for your readers to or your people to read read the transylvania series um i'm not sure which book it's in i think it's um i I won't say it's in one of the books in the series but uh, they talk about the portal between uh, Detroit, Michigan, of all places. Right. Yeah. I think I know where that that portal may be, um, and uh, Bavaria. Right. And you can walk through that portal, and be in Bavaria, in the space of two steps. There right. are other portals. There's one in Tucson that I happened to um, be in Tucson years ago, and and went right through that portal and thought, holy cow. This is an entryway to another world. Um, that was kind of a surprise. There are uh, there are portals in a lot of places, and we do not. I was going to make an insult to the human race, but I won't do that. Um, we have not developed ourselves to the point that we can appreciate what that might mean, yeah. and we haven't developed the skills of yeah. actually raising and lowering frequencies right yeah yeah so, there's yeah. no doubt that we will be asked about those books and we will put a link down below we did buy them oh a few years ago and then we we read them and let them go for a little while and we've actually repurchased yeah. them and we're going back through them again and uh, very interesting, yeah. very interesting yes yeah yeah there's a lot of information in there that that matches what i knew before i came here and i am just as when i've read those but i just read them over this you know january um or maybe november december january somewhere in there um it really got me to the point of saying okay i'm going to speak up a little more about what I know and what is some of the experiences I've had that I've thought were that's not worth talking about because nobody will get it. Um, but those books have really given me an umpa to say, okay, maybe that's the next step for us yeah. is to get to the point where we're doing these kinds of things. So, you know, yeah. I, I came back from Shaco with the feeling like, okay, now it's time to travel. You know, like, but there's yeah. more more places that I need to go to, and um, okay. And that, did and you that, run into any place in Ireland? 
with it that you know, yeah. might be. Yeah, lots, lots of lots of stone circles. Lots wow. of. I mean, we. Yeah. I told you we collected water essences from over a hundred sacred places. Yeah. So. Um, I know. I know. I mean, we were still told to go to some places in France, which we haven't not been to yet, but. Mm. Um, okay, France is another country that has portals. <laughs> and, you know, I was watching a video, this is probably six months ago, in which I thought, oh, my God, they're showing a portal and they don't even know what they're seeing. So, yeah, yeah. it's uh, well worth it. Go. Here's a question now, Penny, and I know a lot of people, we mentioned 5G at the beginning, right? And yeah. can you put that in context for us, like in connection with Kundalini? Is there an effort somehow through using uh, shortwave frequencies and so on to interfere with our natural potential? Or can you ju just go, go through a whole scenario with us? Um, yes, and yeah, yes, and yes, and a little bit of no. <laughs> so, um, so 5G is a frequency that um, I'm going to say just point blank is really hard on the, on the processes that our cells go through as they divide. Um, and we are frequency beings. And so when you start projecting 5G at somebody, it's going to affect them. It's going to change their heart, their brain, their liver, their pancreas, their lung, their everything. Okay. So there's that. However, that is also true of the electric light system that we have at 60 cycles per second. Right. It completely interferes with mitosis, cell mitosis, meiosis, um, which is the splitting of the cell and deranges that process, slows it down. So then we are, that's another reason for our arrested development. We don't have the capacity to live long enough to get smart, to get evolved. Wow. So, but we have, you know, we just didn't really know that when we were setting up, or maybe they did know it, I don't know. Wow. Um, but when you, there's new information, there's new, um, this is not something, if you look at, Tesla's uh, towers in which he projected energy. They didn't have wiring all over. What did they have? They had houses that were built to pick up signal and route that signal in a particular direction. So here we are um, just discovering that we don't need wires to get electric lights to turn on and off. Um, and we are also discovering the destructiveness of both our electric system and our communication system. However, we are, um, how do I say this? With 5G, you have to be within like 10 or 12 feet for it to do any real damage. If it, you know, if you have 5G and you're somewhere, you know, else, if you're 20 or 30 feet away, it's not going to have much effect. The human is much more sturdy. It will have an effect on your plants, on birds, on you know critters, uh, bugs, things like that, um, and they may they may suffer. But um, I think we are on the uh, verge of recognizing that hey, we need to rethink this whole um, energy thing completely.
And to, and that is a fifth dimensional task, fourth dimensional, and then fifth dimensional, it becomes solidified that we absolutely will not have uh, energy systems that destroy or interfere with physical processes. That just doesn't make sense. So in given the task that we have here as humans, which is to keep our physical body and develop that to become a body of light, then that need to stop killing ourselves with our technology and our energy is really important. Yeah. It becomes a critical thing. And where I think we're about to lose a whole bunch of our energy systems if we go through a micronova, and then we'll be able to say, okay, slates wiped clean, start over. So, so what about electric cars then? Um, electric cars, um, when you really get into the, uh, the what I'm going to call the carbon footprint and the expense of that, I forget how many times more, I, I can't remember if it's four or six or 400 or 600 times more than a gas powered engine. So yeah, maybe we can have an electric car, but it's going to be more um, costly on the environment. And I think it's really not the way that we want to go. Right. So I love the idea of not having to pay for gas, but then we'd have to pay for electricity. Right. Yeah. Um, so well, what's the difference? Penny, let's pop back to Kundalini again. And uh, okay. I want to ask about like the image in my mind when I hear the word Kundalini is these intertwining snakes idea, right? Like the caduceus. Okay. So are yeah. they connected? And you know, was did Hermes know anything about Kundalini more than oh, yeah. now? Yes, and let me add to that. So yes, that caduceus which is the symbol of the medical field now, um, really is the symbol of how plasmas interact. They create a spiral. They twine, they spiral around one another. And you can see that in the DNA. You can see that in the astrophysics um, photos that are taken of plasmas in space, big plasmas, huge um, just creating a spiral right around one another. You can see that in trees. I have photographs of trees that um, didn't have any protection from sunlight. And so the, the spiraling effect of their plasmas is so strong that the tree twists mm -hmm. as it grows. And unless a tree is grown in full shade, it's gonna twist. And then, you know, there's problems down the road with that lumber, but um, all of that is really, um, that's the nature of the way energy, base energies, creation type energies move through space. That's the way that they interact in a crop circle. And as, and so let me add to that, um, the feathered serpent. Right. Is, is really kundalini, okay? Yeah. What you have is this, um, you know, this uh, energy moving up the spine and all of these spinal nerves moving out from that spine and that lights up 
like a Christmas tree when you have a full-blown Kundalini experience. Remember I said there was this explosion of light in my student and I thought, what happened down there? Um, that, that moment of lighting up is the feathered serpent. And all of the ancient um, cultures, all of them, knew about electricity, they knew about frequency. And one of the misinterpretations on one of the Mayan uh, pyramids down in, I'm not sure if it's Acapulco or somewhere in that direction, um, near Cancun, uh, there's a, a set of spiraling, they call them snakes, that at a particular time of the year, each year light up, and it looks like they're actually spiraling. That's that culture's understanding that we are made of frequencies. This is how they interact. And this is the basis of all reality. And what have we, we've relegated everything to religion and sex and, you know, stuff like that. Um, completely overlooking the nature of reality, which is plasma and frequencies. So. Well, that's what they had in Chaco Canyon. And that's what they have in Newgrange in Ireland also, that they're, oh. they're solstice, you know, all of those sunlight. Coasts. That's right. And the same thing in Chaco at the winter solstice, it lights up a particular spiral on the, that they carved into the rock. And, and these cultures all over the world seem to know the same thing. I mean, the pyramids right. to do that. I mean, they're all these energy generators, you know, that the people knew about. And I'm like, where'd we lose that knowledge? It seemed like everybody around the world knew it. Everybody around the world built, built structures to contain that or to harness that. Mm. And here we are, That's like, the, you know what? <laughs> I mean, really, we're just... We're, we are just so backwards, aren't we? And um... we're catching on. We're we're catching we're catching on and catching up. When the Christians came in, it, you could be killed. You could be imprisoned and right. killed for looking at the stars. They did everything they could to kill that old knowledge. Burned books, killed people, um, just imprisoned people left and right uh that was a tragedy we did have a setback there but that is something that's common during the kali yuga we go backwards it's like a mercury retrograde for the whole planet for you know six thousand years yeah the one memory i did have at shako and it came later because we made an essence out of the two of the pebbles there oh. and we and i took it and this one i just had this flash that I was hit by a plasma beam from something, from some ship underground. Came out, hit me, hit me with this beam, and literally, Penny, my, I watched my face melt, you know? And it's like, oh my God. And I felt like I had such damage from that that I, it took me lifetimes for them to quote unquote put me back together, you know? Wow. And, but that was, that was some memory of wars that were going on back then, you know, some sort of, but they were plasma oh, wow. wars, you know? They were, they weren't like, that's right. One tribe invading the other. They were much older than that. Oh, yeah. I think we have not quite gotten to the point that we're everybody, where everybody is embracing the history, our history yeah. as ETs. Everybody 
is descended from ETs. They came from all over the cosmos to seed this planet once they got a new body that was adapted specifically to this atmosphere and this environment. So that's that's coming. Watching too, he was watching a lot of um, experimentation with different life forms back then. Um, And he thought a lot of it happened at Shaco where they pick that particular spot for a seeding ground and he was watching and I do remember too being a blonde haired being being used they would impregnate me with monkey genes or whatever and I would give birth to these horrific creatures you know but the yeah. whole the whole point was to um you know kind of perf- yeah. whatever but man they messed up a lot on the way I can tell you that yeah the, yeah that's um that typically is, uh, let me say what I know. When you have a, a group of people that really understand frequencies, they really get DNA and genetics. And they don't have those kinds of messing up uh, terrible mistakes. But there are other groups that are trying to learn and they experiment with whoever they can get their hands on and you get those kinds of uh, creatures that are just ungodly like what is that (laughs) and they're still doing that there are beings here that are still doing some of that and it's terrible i've seen some photos of creatures and went ah what is that (laughs) Um, heart human heart pig thank you yeah I'm just sitting here. <laughs> <laughs> you want to add anything, Annie? Uh, <laughs> but what about Kundalini yoga? And this is the only reason I'm mentioning it. I did that years okay. ago, right? I was going to classes for that. And I could not, I mean, you, you do the, the visualizing of it coming up and going over, you know. But you know what? Um, I would be so depressed after Penny, after every class. I was so depressed and my tailbone would hurt like hell. And I thought, I thought, well, I just had damage there and they have to keep clearing, you know, but it never cleared. It just never cleared. So I stopped going because I thought, well, this isn't working for me. But I have had other Kundalini rushes through spiritual teachings that would maybe have particular codes and you'd look at them and you'd feel your whole body just being activated from them, you know, stuff like that. And, um, so I did mini doses for me, you know? Yeah. But certainly when I met a Hanu, I had oh, fire going through. Yeah. I had a, I had a <laughs> fire going through every part of my cells. Like all my cells are on fire. What is this? You know? But it wasn't yeah. a huge explosion like you talk about. Oh, it was. So you told me. <laughs> And well, she held herself together. She didn't burn up and melt into a pile, a puddle. Right, right. Okay. Yeah. Yes. We have to use this day like you suggested the Sunday. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know what? Angel, let me add something to that before we sign off all together. Um, to activate Kundalini, when I have decided, which is not very often, okay, is that still working? Oops, yep, it is. Um, the thing that I do is get into a meditative position, very comfortable. I'm not too hungry. I'm not too full. I'm not too tired. I'm not too awake. 
I'm just in this calm place and I start, I close my eyes and I start just appreciating or totally going inside to feel what am I feeling, whatever that is. And I allow every bit of that feeling to come to consciousness, the breath, you know, the joy of breathing, the feeling of the entire body. The, I just move around the body with this sense of joy and gratitude. And every time that energy starts up again, and then I say, okay, that's, that's enough. I, I, I just need, you know, I, I just, that's enough. <laughs> so um, so it, but I will say this, if you trigger Kundalini and you don't have some sort of orgasm, once you started that up, you know, all those yoga things you did, you're going to, you will have pain down at the tailbone. And so you have to find a lover. And I imagine that's not going to be too difficult for you. <laughs> so, um, but that is one of the, um, I'll call it one of the risks or the downsides. Um, you can't let that energy rise up and not, not let it do its thing, which is an orgasmic expression. Um, and even if it only comes up to your button, it has to come up. So um, just be aware of that. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. We got work to do. <laughs> hey, Teddy, we're, we're going uh, to run for a few weeks. <laughs> you won't hear from us. For <laughs> yeah. A whole new Sabbath tradition. <laughs> You've just reinvented uh, everything for us. <laughs> okay. Yeah. We, it's, it's too bad that we don't really. Yeah have sex the way it's meant to be used and enjoy it the way it's meant to be enjoyed and immerse ourselves in it and then go about our business and get the rest of the week taken care of. Yeah. So um, that's what keep holy the Sabbath is about or was about. Beautiful. And that's what the Egyptians, is that what they did with all their, their orgies and their taking the yeah. blue lotus? Yes. That's what they were doing. They knew all that. Did they? they were encouraging sexual experience in the hope that more and more people would awaken the consciousness, awaken Kundalini. Yeah. And, and they did quite a few and they would watch and they would nurture that in people. Um, they had a whole culture of development of the individual consciousness and that they needed that because they had to trust their ability to be telepathic, clairvoyant, clairaudient, travel to other places on the planet, recognize portals where they could travel easily, um, et cetera, to other parts of the globe and come back uh, without difficulty. Yeah. yeah. Penny, we, we've got to keep an eye on the clock here. And uh, perhaps oh, yeah. part, of these, part of this big change that the planet and us and everything is going through is our attention span. <laughs> So we we got this. <laughs> His attention span. Let me clarify. No, no. I can stay here talking to her all day. But, oh my. So what um, I wanted to do was to try and like, you know, we've covered a lot of things and we've like gone off yeah. in huge disparate directions, but they all lead yeah. they all lead to this understanding. And what I want to ask you is, in some ways, somebody listening or watching could be very scared about the future. You know, they could really think, oh my God, what are we in for? And, 
And because we know so little or because we've forgotten so much, like how are we going to be able to cope with this? Do you have a, a message of hope, let's ask you? Like, could you even put it that way? In, ter in terms yeah. of looking to the future, what's your, the big picture? Um, okay, there's a couple of things that I could say. Um, and yeah, I do, I have a great deal of hope and a great deal of excitement mm -hmm. about the future and where we're going. I'm not, I mean, I see the mess and right. I see what's coming. It's going to get messier. And mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, <laughs> I'm over here, focused over here. But the, the couple of things that I would say, first of all, teachers like yourself, myself, and others have been working for years now to see the consciousness that when the chips are down, that consciousness is going to come on board. And that's going to make a massive difference in how, you know, how freaked out people get. There just needs to be somebody who stands up and says, now, wait a minute here. Um, let's not get excited. You know, what have we got? What do we need? Um, who's on board? Um, what let's, what do you think? What do you think? What do you think? And, and puts together um, something that works and we are going to have a whole series of transition structures that work and then have to be shifted changed and then shifted again and then shifted again and so there's that um there's also um a number of ets people that are that are not obviously et that are here that are working and they are they are a massive support system for some of us um and they are saying if you keep going we will keep supporting we will if we, you know if we see you trying to make something happen and your heart and soul is in that um we can sometimes tip the balance just enough um and they will and and i see that coming and i've seen that i've known that for a long time um, and then the last thing I would say is, um, uh, how can I say this? If it was up to me, if I ruled the world, right. <laughs> okay, we're not having any of that crap. Uh, you know, I, I like to say, once you've raised children, once you've been in love, once you've had and dealt with family that are difficult, you really know everything you need to know about making the world work make it work the way you think it should work keep changing that and adjusting and modifying that as necessary and we will all be fine if we all just keep doing that the systems are going to change we're going to end up taking care of one another in a massive way and part of that is going to be this attitude of you know we're not suffering on your account mr global sorry you're out of here Right. Right. So there's a, a stubbornness about that um, that is going to do us well at the critical moment. So don't be freaked out. We have all kinds of options and we still have Mother Nature. That's a beautiful, beautiful note to finish on, a beautiful summary, actually. Yeah. And, uh, well, OK, let, let us let us bring this to a close and people okay. always, always want to get in touch with you, Penny. How do they do that? Okay. Uh, probably the best way is through my website, um, consciousnessonfire.com 
or you can get there to by using pennykelly.com. Um, you can go to web to my uh, Patreon site. Um, I have a whole bunch of stuff on YouTube and uh, uh, BitChute and Odyssey and a whole bunch of podcasts, Spotify, Apple, Google, I think are some of them. Yeah. Um, and I do a tea in consciousness every Monday, uh, first three Mondays of the month. And and we people ask questions. I don't do consultations anymore um, because I just needed to branch out and yeah. and work with more people at one time. Yeah. So I went from being very keeping my head down, which we talked about last time, yeah. to saying, okay, let's um, let's see what we can do in this tea and consciousness. And so people get on; they have five minutes to ask a question and get an answer. Um, so. One of those um, people do write. If it's a technical question, uh, Daphne and Elsa will probably answer it. They're phenomenal. Oh my God, I love them. Um, and if it's uh, something really involved, it makes its way to me and I'm very slow getting time to answer, but I do try to answer. Yes. Great. Is that what your tea is about tonight? Uh, yeah. The tea is um, people, uh, we have about uh, maybe 18 or 20 people who come on and and, um, and we talk about uh, the, the questions are all over the board, mm. personal stuff, health stuff, consciousness, family, where should I live? You know, what's happening with this? What about that? You know, what do you pick up around such and such? And the questions are wonderful because it really keeps me <laughs> engaged yeah. in what's going on in the world. Yeah. Okay. And if well, somebody if somebody wanted to join that, how would they join that? That's what I was going to ask you. Um, they we put out a, a on my website. Um, I think I'm not sure if Daphne and Elsa released the signups uh, for the tea and consciousness. I think like uh, like this month, we are already full. So when we get to the third, um, and this month we're doing them a little bit differently than we usually do, but when we finish the third tea and consciousness, we open up the next three. So um, if you're watching and waiting, they sell out quickly. I will say that they sell out sometimes in less than 60 seconds. Wow. So you have to be ready. Yeah. Um, but the, we've gotten Shopify to change some of their programming um, to allow people to put it in their shopping cart and hang on to it for five minutes. And so, you know, we're beginning to figure out ways to help yeah. people who are new get yeah. a spot. Good. So, good, good, good. Yeah. Right. I'm trying to find more time to do more things, but I'm still writing also. And, um, and that's a big deal. I'm, I'm you know, working on something right now that I want to have done by the end of uh, June. I wanted to have it done by the end of December. So here we are. Well, we put them to your books uh, as well and to your yeah. and stuff. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah. We're so encouraged and uh, inspired by what it is that you're doing. And we hope this okay. will be helpful for people. Yeah, do some of it. Do it so that people need it. They There's do. People. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, there's a big need out there. Okay, well, listen. All right. Thank, thank you. you so much. To be Penny continued, Kelly. we'll yes. see what we come up with next time. Yeah, we do. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. You yes, let's talk again. So we never run out. We no, never run out. No, no. Okay. Consciousness is yeah so yeah. huge. <laughs> yeah, it is. 
It All is. Right. You take care. Thank you very much. Bless I you. will. Okay. Talk thank soon. you. Bye. All bye. right. Bye bye. You can subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and on our website at worldofempowerment.com. Don't miss an episode. Hit the subscribe button now.